Elegant Weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. This is Ryan Stegman. Hi, this is Kerry Nord. Hi, I'm Tony Moore. Hi, this is Mike Mignola. Yo, what's up? This is Daniel Logan. Yo, this is Greg Capullo, man, and you're listening to Elegant Weapon. And you know who the biggest elegant weapon is? I can't tell you where it's located, but it's uh, got something to do with me. An elegant weapon for a more civilized age. This is a journey into sound. Cobra attack! The time has come. Join hands as we bring together our mystic powers. What are y'all doing here? We're smoking reefer. And you don't want no part of this shit. What's up? This is Vic Ruggiero from the Slackers, and you're listening to An Elegant Weapon. That's the hard part, man. You gotta, like, seriously cut out, like, dairy and shit, you know? That'll get yeah. you. Yeah. Other than, like, skim milk for cereal on the weekends and the occasional cheese stick, that's, like, the only real dairy I have anymore. Yeah, we're pretty much switched over to almond milk now. That's good stuff. Yeah, it's great stuff. It's uh, way uh, tastier than the soy milk, I find. It's just not bad. I just wish they could sue them for advertising. What do you mean? You can't milk an almond. Ah, in the cheese. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, on that note, let's start my 100th episode of my goddamn podcast. How's that sound? <laughs> With your nut juice. Um, if anybody feels like... <laughs> your bean juice. If... Not milk, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I like horizons. Holy crap, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to An Elegant Weapon, episode 100. I am your host, (laughs) my name is Jay, god damn it for the hundredth time, please excuse me while I flick this bick. I want you to take the Frankenstein shit, the deer shit, the green monster, the bling, and the bling bling, and I want you to roll it all into one joint. No one's ever been brave enough to try that. One man is. Roll it. That is a tasty hundredth flick of the bit, kids. Thank you for joining us 100 times. We're here. We're back. We're in the L5J studios. Joining me tonight... For the centennial celebration, I have brought together 
a very, very special group of Knights of the Pod table. Beginning with host of Geek Love Radio. He is the co-host of A Critical Moment of Awesome. He is the co-host of Back When We Were Interesting. He is Francis Fernandez. It is an honor to be a part of episode number 100. It's awesome. Booyah. Coming up next, he is the host of Hybrid Interests. He is formerly co-host of Staying Off Topic. He is co-host of Back When We Were Interesting podcast. He is co-host of Two Jays Later. And he is also co-curator of the Points of Interest podcast network. He is El Hawkes, Josh Hawks. What's happening? 100 episodes. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's nutso. And speaking of nutso and uh, milking nuts and such, uh, bringing up the rear here, he is co-host of the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast. He is the co-host of the Next Element podcast. He is the colorist for the upcoming geek. He is Anthony Bachman. <laughs> Welcome to my 100th episode, fellas. Congrats, man. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you very much for having us. Absolutely. Uh, I'm very glad to have you all here. I thought tonight I would just uh, kind of pull together the core of what has always been uh, me doing this podcast, you know, and that's sitting down with good friends for good conversation. And uh, rather than get all fancy and shit, I thought we'd just make it an old-fashioned chill-out, you know what I mean? Sure thing. Uh, lots of exciting things going on that we can chill out and talk about that have been happening, but uh, first we'll talk. Uh, start talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> so Jason, what makes you so amazing? <laughs> uh, for anybody kind of newly interested uh, or newly listening to this podcast, I'll give you a quick uh, a recapper of a hundred episodes. Um, I've gotten really high and talked about a lot of shit. It started in my basement uh, with an iPhone and uh, recording conversations, and they kept going and going and going and going and got to this spot somehow. Uh, the show was started as just a, a shit-talking conversational type podcast. <laughs> We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, now interrupt this regularly scheduled program for a telephone conversation with star of AMC's Comic Book Men and co-host of the I Sell Comics podcast, Mr. Michael Zapsack. Hello. Hello, Mike. Yes. Hello, this is Jay of An Elegant Weapon. How are you? Yes. Not too much, man. Thanks so much for uh, taking a few minutes to chat this evening. Not at all. Greatly appreciated. Uh, it was a long time ago, uh, as I mentioned when I was talking to you there on the on the Twitteris. 
uh, we've reached our hundredth uh, episode, and uh, you were kind enough to join us way back when on episode twenty-five. And I yeah, thought, yeah, man, just say congratulations on the big one, the big zero zero. You meet, meet, uh, you meet. Sorry, <laughs> uh, it's, it's been a hell of a day. Sorry, I'm sure uh, it has. Yeah. Yeah, you guys have uh, rolled over the odometer, which is nice. Yeah, you know, it's been a it's been a cool little adventure, you know. It's uh, something just we started just for fun. We've gotten to meet so many cool people and go to so many cool conventions and meet so many cool comic creators. It's podcasting such a fun thing for that, you know. I know, isn't it? It's like one of the uh, one of the coolest things you could ever do. And uh, we, uh, Ming and I, have got to. We still have to set it up, but um, talk about now. Now you're how old? I'm 37. 37. Wow. Okay, so you'll get this reference. Lydia Cornell from uh, Too Close for Comfort, <laughs> the really hot uh, blonde daughter. Yeah, yeah. We're supposed to podcast with her. No. <laughs> yeah. That show has to have some cool stories behind it. It definitely. Oh is. my God, God, it's Ted Knight. Yeah, absolutely. Like, oh my gosh, Jim God Jim Bullock. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Using his amazing aquatic telepathy. <laughs> no, not too many people get that. Not too many people realize that he was the voice for the first season of uh, Super Friends. You know, I and never, they, I never knew it yeah. growing up. It wasn't until later on, you know, you get older and you discover this yeah. and you know, put two and two together. Totally. Um, you always sound like you're having such a blast on I Sell Comics, and that was kind of the first thing, like, other than the cool enough thing of working at Kevin Smith's comic book shop, uh, you get to start a podcast with Ming. Now, does Kevin come to you and ask you to do that? Ming's idea? How'd that come about? Oh, that was, uh, I, it came about, um, it's sort of an accident. It was, um... Kevin was on vacation, and he asked Brian uh, Johnson and uh, Quinn, Brian Quinn, to uh, to fill in for him on you know this morning shows, and he was doing every every morning was a, a show, and uh, Q was coming down, and he and Brian were doing it for the first two days. They were like, "All right, this is great." Third day, Quinn's like, "I'm not coming down. I'm not driving all that way," and and Brian um, tried to talk Walt into it, and Walt's like. Fuck no, we already do tell him Steve, Dave, once a week is enough. So screw that noise. He said, hey, you know what? You don't want to do it? Here's a joke. Let's let's uh, watch Mike and Ming make a uh, train wreck out of this. <laughs> and little so did they know. Basically, yeah. they wanted us to like fall on our faces. And it didn't happen. And it really surprised the living shit out of uh, the Tell Him Steve Dave guys. Oh, yeah? Because <laughs> it was I, well, yeah, you can see how they might have figured that could happen, but uh, they totally underestimated having you in his corner, you know? Yeah, that, I think that's probably what it was. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I was I was a wild card, but uh, it's it's really weird when you're doing podcasting, especially when you're sitting at the table with uh, Walt, Brian, and uh, even even Q gets lost in the shuffle a little bit. Now he's he's found his voice, and you know he and. Uh, and Sal have their own uh, What Say You pod. But even he, between those two, was getting lost. So Ming gets lost, everybody gets lost, and 
uh, back in the day when when they were uh, trying to find a fourth for you know the the chair the uh, fabled fourth seat at Tell Them Steve Dave. Yeah. Um, they actually Ming got a tryout. Sunday Jeff got a tryout. <laughs> I didn't try out. I was like, there's absolutely no way that there could be a fourth. I mean, I recognize that right off. Right. Like, there's absolutely no way that there can be a fourth person sitting there. It has to be the spirit of Hitler. <laughs> it's the only thing that so, would mesh. <laughs> exactly. The, the only thing that could possibly uh, exist in that fabled fourth chair is <laughs> uh, the, the, um, the hell-bound spirit of Adolf Hitler. <laughs> Beautiful. Actually, I actually wanted to ask you about the the room itself. Uh, you know, the the one we see on Comic Book Man at uh, at the stash that uh, I know quite a few of the pods off Smodcaster usually recorded at sometimes. Yeah. Uh, you mean the, the the actual podcast table? Yeah, the one. It's not. It's not the same one that we use on uh, Comic Book Man. Oh, it's Comic not. Comic Book Man okay. is actually a set. Okay. Um. There, there have been some eagle-eyed people who noticed that, well, the microphones aren't really hooked up to anything. Oh, I never noticed. <laughs> and um, oddly enough, all of us in season one didn't get our own uh, microphone. Okay. Some of us had to share. <laughs> so Sharing is special. That's actually kind of funny. <laughs> but yeah, the, but the, there is an actual pod, uh, podcasting uh, table. It's it's an old poker table that has seen much better. Th- it's it's friggin' filthy, is what it is. <laughs> Perfect. It's it's kind of disgusting. Uh, people come in and they they uh, graffitio it up, and yeah, I mean it is the felt <laughs> is almost saturated with sharpie ink. <laughs> and uh, there have been times when I put my hands down for and left them there for like maybe a minute. Pick them up. My hands are jet black. <laughs> Ew. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, uh, what's oh my been God. happening here? <laughs> yeah, I'm, it's like getting hit with squid ink. It's nasty. Ew. Oh man, such. Uh, you know, I think back over a hundred episodes, and just for me and my fledgling little podcast, uh, and all the fun we've had at like Fan Expo and this and that, and but to look at uh, the adventure that you have been through over the past just like two years. Uh, from you know starting a podcast to getting a TV show to having to endure Sandy to uh, getting you know up to an upcoming fourth season of your show, it must have been a whirlwind of two years. It's it's been a very wacky uh, time. It's there's I, I can't even begin to tell you um, how, how it it feels. It's it's really weird. I go to I, I do go to cons now. Yeah, and we're on the other side. We're on the other side of the table, and people come up and I love your show, you know, yada yada yada. And I'm on panels and stuff, and I'm like, I, I, there are times when I'm like, I feel like such a fraud. Oh come on! And holy crap! <laughs> why why am I here? But <laughs> it, it is it's you know humbling when I'm out in my backyard, you know, picking up dog crap still because you know they only pay us um, reality show money. I, I don't get that honey boo boo money. Um, but it's, you know, you're sitting there saying, wow, you know, people, people kind of dig us. And I, I mean, it's not like, oh, wow, they dig me. It's, it's the ensemble, you know, it's, I'm part of a, a really, a much larger crew. Well, to have that many entertaining individuals put together in a crew like that, it's, 
it's something special. Like, I really wish that you could hear what it's like. I wish you could not be you for a day just to hear what it's like to listen to I Sell Comics. Because to hear you go off, someone my age, who's kind of a late 80s, 90s, was like my prime comic book time, buying time. Uh, you know, to listen to you just spout the things that you know and, you know, and as you do, remembering little bits and pieces of, like, hanging out with your friends and hearing about the comics they were reading, even if you didn't read them. Mike, it's so much fun. You don't even know. It's so much oh, fun. Oh, cool. Thanks. You know, I, I was one of those, um, I was a semi-closeted geek as, as uh, you know, in high school. Uh, grammar school, not so much. Grammar school, I, I kind of let my, my geek flag fly. I was like, eh, yeah, but I got a beat anatomy as soon as puberty hit. <laughs> so and here's the thing: you, you, when when you're one of the guys that can pass, you're you're one of those guys who uh, you know uh, just don't have that geek stigma. I didn't have the pocket protector, thank God, and I wasn't <laughs> as smart as some of my you know nerdier um, contemporaries. Right. So you know I was like, hey, hey, look at that guy reading a comic book. But I, I actually wanted to go over and say, hey, can I read that comic book next? Yeah, um, totally. Uh, and, you, you know, uh, I had one friend who collected comic books, too. And uh, we <laughs> it sounds so weird now. It's like, you know, we yeah, we get together on, on the weekends and have sleepovers and, you know, trade comics back and forth. Oh, yeah, and yeah. It, it sounds so weird, but it's, that's the truth. And it, it, it felt so, like, I had this secret life. Yeah. It was... Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, my friend, he, he's actually a doctor now. His name is, uh, oh, yeah? if he's listening, which I, I doubt, he's probably hasn't read a comic book in, like, decades. Uh, his name is Ralph Koo. He went to, he, he ended up joining the, uh, the military and uh, becoming a doctor. So, Ralph, if you're still reading, I hope you are. <laughs> uh, good on you, man. You, uh, he, he kept me sane for a while. That's a good deal, man. I had to, when I was in grade eight, I had two other friends, Jeff Walker and Sand Lima, and we started what we called the, a comic book club. And basically, what that consisted of was us going to his house, uh, Sand's house, at lunch and after school, and just swapping comic books and swapping stories. And you know, that's how I learned about. I was a big DC kid, and I learned about a lot of Marvel stuff through my friends reading the books and telling me about it. And those were the greatest times, man. Oh, yeah, when you get somebody else's perspective about it, then, you know, uh, that's how I learned about, uh, oh, my God, uh, X-Men. Uh, my very first swap was uh, a guy, John Connolly. Um, I, I traded him to Superman Comics for Uncanny X-Men uh, 109. Okay. It was the second John Byrne. It was uh, Wolverine meets uh, Weapon Alpha. Ooh. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Who would, would end up becoming uh, Vindicator and later Guardian okay. of Alpha Flight? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, this is the artwork spoke to me. There was something about it that was just so cool, and it jumped off the page. Right. You know, it wasn't ultra realistic like uh, Alex Ross's paintings were, uh -huh. but you know, back in 1977, 78, for me, I was like, wow, this is. This is the top level. It doesn't get any better than this. Yeah. I, uh, I'll never forget being in his room and him telling me about Wolverine. I'd never heard of Wolverine. And then yeah. he, t he told me about Wolverine, and I was just like, you, you can't be serious that this character exists. And then, on, and then for me, on top of the whole thing, he gets to say, 
yeah and dude he's canadian and that just wraps it all up in a nice big ball for me. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. And I'm sitting here looking at this dude's gloves, and I'm like, oh, my God, do the claws come out of the gloves or out of him? Yeah. <laughs> that was the very first time I'd ever seen it. Well, actually, I had seen Wolverine once before, but it was, uh, I think, like X-Men 103, and I'm like, eh. The, the artwork was really sketchy, and I was like, I, I'm not digging this. Right. And then it was burned, and I'm like, oh, my God. And then, <laughs> then I found out. Uh, um, I went back to it. I think I'm like I I love this and I want to get more of these, but I don't know where I can. And uh, that's when I started like going nuts trying to find um, like places where I could get back issues. And uh, finally found one in Red Bank, oddly enough. Oh yeah. And uh, oh yeah. And I spent uh, like forty dollars back in nineteen nineteen seventy eight money. Okay. And I'm like, oh my god! My, and my mother's like, you sure you want to spend, you know, what is essentially your college fund? <laughs> on and I'm like, yes. Yes, I must. You have bet them. I do. <laughs> I know what I was meant to be. <laughs> exactly. And Ian, uh, I, I had no, I had no idea what I was meant to be. But I mean, all would be made, uh, you know, clear decades later. Dude, you're so lucky also that you get to be a dad of the boys your age at a time when you get to shine. At a time when this when genre is big and you just get yeah, to be you like know what? No, no, who, who saw this coming? Yeah. Who saw like the, the geeks would inherit the earth? Yeah. You know? Um You know, Josh Whedon was right. He's like that someday we will, you know, rule the earth and mm -hmm. damn. I think it started with a thing, you know, because I see that a lot of people my age who, you know, grew up young in the 80s on the cartoons and pop culture, now all this stuff's getting rebooted and remade because we've grown up and now we're in charge. So, we, you know, we remember that stuff, so that's what you're going to get. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's amazing. Amazing time for everybody. So, listen, I don't want to take up uh, too much of your time this evening, Mike. But uh, there's just two more things. Sure. One, when the hell are you coming up to Fan Expo Canada? Uh, Fan Expo, I, I gotta be honest, we're going up to uh, NiagaraCon. I know, yep. NiagaraCon is gonna be big because it's the only, the only con this year that we're going to that Wolf Flanagan will voluntarily go. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's gonna be the Ford comic book, man. Oh my god. Yep. <laughs> you know, though, the thing about Walt, though, is as much as you never thought he'd, you know, want to do any of this stuff, he's really come into his own on that show. Like, he's pretty comfy in front of the cameras oh, from yeah, our perspective, was, you know? He was always comfy in front of the camera. I hate to tell you that, boy. Oh, uh, yeah? Okay. Walt just, Walt just gives the impression that he hates it. Um, he gives a pretty good impression. He does well, but he's he's a jo <laughs> he's a joy to watch, as all of you are. Um, I just got to do two things. Uh... Before I let you go, well, I got to do one thing that involves two things quickly. Is before you go, there's been uh, we've had many fine comic creators, independent comic creators on this show. Uh, we've had the pleasure of many, many great interviews. A lot of graphic artists, illustrators, writers. Uh, there's two books that, through a hundred episodes, uh, these people have become really close friends, and uh, these are comic books that we've pushed here at the show for a long time. So I just want to plug them to you okay? because I know they would enjoy me plugging their comic books to Michael Zapsik. Oh, cool. <laughs> so one comic is called Human. 
Uh, it's a cyberpunk kind of futuristic book. It's uh, well written by Gabe Smith, and it's beautifully, beautifully. Human by Gabe Smith. Yes, it's actually in Diamond. It's in the preview section on page three thirty-seven. Is it available? Comicsology for those who like that sort of thing? I don't believe so. You can go to humancomics.com and all the information's okay. there. But I know Volume 1, uh, it's like a graphic novel. And, uh, the... All right, cool. Human by Gabe Smith. I yeah. will check that out. And also Tart, T-A-R-T. It's a webcomic, and uh, it's written by Kevin Joseph, and it's insanely illustrated by Ludovic Saleh. And it's a kind of time-traveling adventure story. But the art in this book, uh, you can't... It's one of those books that you just, like... It, if you were to glance by it, it would catch you. You know what I mean? Okay, Tart by Kevin Joseph. And who is... Ludovic, L-U-D-O-V-I-C, Saleh. S-A-L-L-E with the accent aigu above it. Okay. <laughs> and, Ludovic, uh, the- that sounds like uh, something that they eat over in Sweden, right? <laughs> it could be. I believe he's uh, in France, actually. He's a French artist. Ah, yeah. Oh, oui. But right. uh, those two comics have been uh, near and dear to our hearts over 100 episodes here. So I just wanted to pass them on to you in case that you may have the chance to enjoy them yourself. I will check them both out. But, uh, Mike, again, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to uh, come by uh, our, our little show here and uh, say hello. It kind of brings things full circle. And uh, super good luck on Season 4 and your con trips and your family and all that good stuff, man. Thank you so much, guys. And uh, congratulations on, like I said, uh, getting the odometer spinning. That's great. And keep it up, man. You know, we need more comic um more comic podcasts out there. Absolutely. Uh, we do what we can. Uh, yeah, thanks so much, Mike. Not at all. Take care, guys. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. Uh, coincidentally, at the time of the release of the podcast, was also the release of the New 52, which uh, is why a lot of the early episodes were very comic book-centric. And, of course, Star Wars-centric as the show has always kind of hovered around, uh, not really as its center, but kind of a, a, a part of its center that kind of hops around. But um, yeah, so it kind of led into being that kind of thing. And since then, we have had an absolutely wonderful array of guests, friends, comic book creators, comic book writers, artists uh, of all shapes and sizes, B-list celebrities up the wazoo, um, <laughs> And that kind of thing. So that's uh, that's pretty much, in a nutshell, the history of an elegant weapon. And what uh, brings this grouping together is uh, this has pretty much been it. Anthony, I feel like I met you about 10 seconds after I got on Twitter. I think so, yeah. I, I wish I could remember exactly when it was that all of this really started. Because, yeah, it really was just one of us saw the other one's tweet about something, and it's just gone nuts from there. Yeah, it was. I was on Twitter before I had the podcast. But it wasn't long at all. And, uh, you know, we were both podcast fans before we even had our own podcasts and listening to the same shit. So we followed the same people and eventually somehow crossed paths. But damn, man, I'm going to actually, I'm going to, I have it pulled up here, but I got to kind of look. But uh, <laughs> it to would. The archive. 
Yeah, I believe. Going back, so the first postings of this show on iTunes and such are February 2012. Wow. Yeah. Damn, you went to 100 pretty quick, then. Uh, well, if you think about it, uh, that's what? That's uh, 104 days? So, Or, sorry, 104 weeks, right? Yeah, if you're weekly, yeah. it should be just over two years. Which I totally... under two years. Yeah, and I totally haven't been weekly, which is the part that really confuses me. <laughs> well, you had specials, and you had uh, spoiler alert theater. Well, uh, the actual count on the is 105 episodes. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, so there's six episodes there of that are specials, uh, probably spoiler alert theater. Yeah, I know you have at least two of those. Yeah, there's a couple on couple on there, so. But Anthony, you and the next element, which you host with Colin Addington, was our first cross pod. Indeed. Yeah, that was the first time we ever did a cross podification with anybody. And uh, yeah, you're totally right. We just barreled on from there, you know. Like an unstoppable virus. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right, so virus. you yeah, well, you went ahead and <laughs> said it. You went ahead and said it, so we're just going to kind of roll with it. But uh, the Yuuzhan Vong, I guess, now exists only in what is known as the Star Wars Legends universe. Oh, is that what they're going to call it now? Yeah, so it's officially broken off, and what it is is anything that was before is now part of the Star Wars Legends. So that's kind of an area to be mined where things will be plucked out of and kind of, you know, used here and there or influence certain things that happen. But the EU is starting fresh. So I said it was going to happen. I called it a long time ago. People said, you're crazy, you're crazy, you're crazy. Because I've been terrified for it for a while. You guys know that, mm -hmm. of what's actually going down. And I thought they I've... were keeping... Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. What? I just thought they were keeping some of the EU. Um with the new universe aren't they they're keeping they they're keeping bits and pieces but mm -hmm. overall the they're entire not getting rid of anything they're just saying that the yeah. only thing that's canon is what lucas did in the six films and the stuff he signed off on on the clone wars cartoon yes right. they move forward for seven eight nine those are the only things they consider canon yeah so See, anything else that, that's been the way it is from? it's been for years though yeah Right. So I don't know. I don't understand what the big huff and puff is because that's well, no, it's it, been it, like forever. No, certain people have looked at it as that way, is that the movies and are all that matter and such. But then there are people like me who looked at the whole thing as one big giant thing because yeah. it was canon. Everything fits without what's going to happen. It fits, but they don't want to tell that story. They don't want to tell the stories that went on in the novels after Return of the Jedi. They want to go a completely different way. Or the hundreds of Dark Horse comics. Yes, right. that are sitting here on my shelf in long boxes that now I just don't know how to look well, at. Well, and that, and I, I gotta <laughs> believe there were still thousands of fanboys out there that were kind of hoping that the that seven, eight, nine was either gonna be Dark Empire or it was gonna be, I don't know, jump forward in the future into Legacy or you know one of the other alternate EU stories where you know it's a future version of Star Wars that we haven't seen anywhere outside of the comics or the novels. I think a lot of people are still hold, holding holding out hope that that was what was seven eight nine were going to be. Yeah, um, I kind of felt very early on that they were just going to scrap it. I really, you know, just 
I think they would have kind of announced it earlier if they weren't going to scrap it. You know what I mean? Yeah, because then they wouldn't have to write a script. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, that'd have been easier. <laughs> uh, it's already written. Let's just show it. Yeah, totally. But I think I they say that they might like pick and choose elements, but who knows what they're gonna bother taking now, you know? But there's certain other things that I think still fit into canon. I think it needs to be more well defined than just the movies and the Clone Wars cartoons. Because uh for instance, Darth Plagueis, which is an incredible novel. It's probably my favorite Star Wars novel I've read. It's so good. And it fits perfectly. It doesn't, nothing changes because it's literally happening while Phantom Menace is happening. So I'm, there's, they, should, they need to make some kind of list or something where certain things fit and should be allowed to, I think, you know? Sure. Well, I mean, who are, who are you saying allows it? If you as a fan say that that storyline fits with the movies, then what's wrong with that? Well, mm-hmm. they've put together this thing and it's called, it's a, they put together this committee board, right? And it's called the storyboard. And basically it's this committee's job to determine what's canon and what's not. But didn't they already do that with their last statement? Well, they did, but this is pretty broad covered. I expected more of a individualized list. I expected them literally to be like, okay, this series of comics counts. This series of novels doesn't count. Like, you know I'll what I it. mean? Honestly, I'm kind of glad they didn't do that. How would you like to be like, like I'm a huge fan of Legacy. Star Wars Legacy, where you jump like 500 years in the future and you're dealing with. Um, <laughs> well, 120, Luke but yeah. <laughs> whatever. But Luke Skywalker's like three, four times great grandson. Yeah. Pete Skywalker, who's a total badass. I think that series is one of the best Star Wars stories, if not one of the best sci fi stories I've ever read. If they were to go through their list and pick and choose, this thing is canon, this thing doesn't count, this thing is canon, this thing doesn't count, and they said, you know what? Legacy's not canon, that's a bullshit story. If they pick and choose through them all like that, I think they would just piss off a lot of fans. But I think it's simply a matter of what fits. I don't think it should be determined by like or any of that or quality of the story. I think what fits should still be canon. I don't think something should be cut out just because... I think the only things that should be cut out are things that get changed to the new movies. You know what I mean? So Legacy's got to go either way, which is unfortunate because you're absolutely right. That's a brilliant story. I wish. Well, and honestly, until unless they do nine more films, we don't know if Legacy could still be canon. Mm-hmm. It's in the future of Star Wars. Yeah, well, it's, there's so many questions up now that it's it's so like, will it even will Luke even have a kid? You know what I mean? Like, or will the twins? Even, like, who knows? Now it's just. Yeah. Clean if slate. They introduce kids in the next yeah. three films. Are you know what are their names going to be? Are they going to have any relevance to any of the characters that existed in the EU? And like you're saying, they can pick and choose. So I mean, they can still use those characters. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Well, they say that they're going to mine it for lots of more information because yeah. there's. The only there's... thing we're not going to see is a giant green rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> for anybody that doesn't know, yeah. the original licensed property from Star Wars is when the comic book went to Marvel after the first film and I believe in 79 or 80 they had a crazy ass green rabbit named Jax running around with Luke Skywalker and Han Solo I'm yeah. talking like a 7 foot tall green rabbit it literally looked like a cereal box character like in, in the comic book it was kind of ridiculous crazy. somebody's still coming down off some coke or something yeah, <laughs> they had fun with those stories but yeah I think that's one of the only things that just everybody agrees that's not canon. <laughs> it was such a strange thing in the 80s that you had to have that 
weird kidly Jar Jar sidekick. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. Jar Jar almost didn't work out because he was like a relic, you know, of the eighties. Oh, I bet you Jar Jar would have went over better in the eighties. Sure. You know what I mean? Like every movie had to have that character. That that. Hell, I don't even remember any outrage against the Ewoks until the '90s came around. Me neither. I was no, young I though. The Ewoks were awesome. I loved Wicked. Wicked yeah, it was cool. They were the shit. The Ewoks because village. We were, we were children though. I mean, that's why I think people weren't upset because it fit to what we liked when we were kids. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's the adults who are mad. It's not really the kids who are unhappy with the Ewoks. It's all the adults. Well, then, now, yeah, you got the same thing because there's kids that are just fine with Jar Jar. They don't think sure. he's the most annoying character ever created in sci-fi or fantasy. <laughs> they actually, some kids actually think he's kind of cool. Yeah. Most now, of us adults would rather see him get hit by a truck, <laughs> but, you know. Now, the uh, reportedly uh, Hamill, Harrison, Fordation, and... Uh, What's her name there? Miss Carrie Fisher all flew into London mm-hmm. and they were seen flying in. So I, I, man, JJ, I think he's going hardcore on this one. I don't think we're going to hear anything for a long time. Well, no, well, they got the me. Darth Vader Twitter account, which they set up <laughs> while, like he's yeah, tweeting photos while they're doing the film. I think that's really going to be like their only outlet. That and there's an Instagram that was started as well. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah. An Instagram as well. Yep. I just I knew about the Twitter. I hadn't seen the Instagram. Well, I saw a picture today. Uh, who tweeted it? It might have been Peter Serafinitz. Am I saying that right? Serafinitz. <laughs> <laughs> guy's got the hardest name to say. He was the voice of Darth Maul in Phantom Menace, that English comedian, you know? Shaun of the Dead and such. But he, uh, he tweeted a picture of him and Mark Hamill today. And Hamill's starting to really look the Hamill that we all hope him to look. Slim, slender beard and all i'm so excited I thought, uh, sam whitward did darth maul's voice in the clone wars that's in the clone wars uh peter Cyranowitz. i'm gonna say it as many different times and as variations as i can he did the actual movie he did phantom menace because that yeah. was yeah that wasn't darth or that wasn't uh ray park, ray park speaking yeah. that was that was this other guy yeah you hardly ever get ray park's voice you don't get his voice or his face. You just get his physical attributes. I think he was, he was Toad. I think he, he was, was Heroes. He was Toad. Yeah, I think he voiced yeah. Toad too because he he used his Cockney accent. You know what I mean? <laughs> he was on Heroes as well. Well, hey, weren't you supposed to bring someone back with you? <laughs> well, you're talking about Peter Serafinowitz. Yes, Serafinowitz. That's right. Yeah, he's, one, he's playing one of the Novas in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, he's the guy who says what an a or what a bunch yeah. of assholes, right? What a bunch of a holes. <coughs> really can't picture him. He's that guy from that commercial. He was the <coughs> Sean of the Dead. Yeah, he looks so old in that commercial. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> man, I guess Sean of the Dead is just that old of a film. Hmm. Hey, I couldn't believe. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Marvel movies, I finally saw. 2004, dude. It's been 10 years. Wow. Yeah. Sean of the Dead yeah. is a decade old. No, mean Girls is ten years old. Oh Jesus! Wait, what did you just reference? Mean Girls? Yeah, I happen to. Talking Star Wars. You bring up Peter Serafinowicz. I reference Shaun of the Dead, and you go, "Man, it's been a decade since Mean Girls." I feel so old. The last, the last good Lindsay Lohan film. I happen to. I happen to see it today. Films in Hollywood that Lindsay Lohan. We just haven't seen them. They're all like short little mini porns. 
I happen to see a thing. You know, you ever seen those videos, teens watching whatever? And they sure. show, like, teenagers. No. Well, it's it's a YouTube show where they show teenagers, uh, today's teenagers, things from yesteryear. So they'll sit them down in front of, like, 80s movies or 80s videos or whatever. Oh, no. Okay, I and, saw one where it was they were handing kids a cassette player and trying to see what they would do with it. Okay, no. That was, like, yeah. that was like 10-year-olds. They're like, do you know what this is? No, this is like 13, 14 year olds, and they put them in front of a TV and they show them like old fucking movies and shit. And they were showing 14 year olds Mean Girls. And most of them like kind of knew it and they remembered it from when they were young, so that one wasn't that weird. But I happen to see that today, hence my Mean Girls reference. Oh. What'd they say? Uh, well, that I was surprised how many of them have seen it. And oh. know it. And then I thought to myself, okay, my 14-year-old daughter fucking loves that movie. So oh, I guess know. kids, girls, kids just can, I guess it's watchable when you're young. And then I thought about it, and I was like, yeah, most of the adult jokes in that movie would go over a kid's head. Yet there's things to yeah. amuse them. So it kind of made sense to me, you know what I mean? Sure. So you're going into the Marvel Universe. What about the Marvel Universe? I saw Captain America 2 finally. Has there, uh, everybody seen that yet? Nope. Yeah. yeah. Opening day, man. The streak is intact. Oh, oh yeah. yes, the streak. Blade one to cap two. Wow. That's pretty hardcore, man. Yeah. That's pretty hardcore. I congratulate you. Oh, and I just got permission at work today. I took the afternoon off for Amazing Spider-Man two. Oh yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. I got all. I got all my days off set up. I'm good to go for this year. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It is one of the best Marvel movies they're saying, as it is. Um, but here's. Here's my thing. Uh, it, I think it was the most DC Marvel movie that's been made. What? That sounds kind of mean. It's no. It's it's <laughs> meant. It's meant in my mind as a huge compliment because you all know where I love to plant my seeds. You know what I mean? Yes. And uh, it was the most real, in a way if you can say that about a comic book movie, but just the fact that it was very political, it was kind of the, all the president's men of like comic book movies. And there was something dark and not dark, but realistic on that level that I don't know. It made it feel like a man of steel or a dark night movie to me. There was a lot more uh, important scenes that were hinged on dialogue and stuff than they usually go for in a Marvel movie. And I think that's why part of the reason why I really enjoyed it, you know? Like, the Robert Redford character, that was a very DC movie-type character. You could see that guy in Wayne Enterprises or whatever, or, you know, in those worlds, you know what I mean? That makes sure. sense. As but much yeah, as it had the humor... ...the hand combat of any Marvel film so far. Yes, oh, yeah. yeah, you know? Basically, it, outside of the Blade films, it's the best one for fight choreography. I think, Some of yeah. those fight sequences were amazing. Yeah, they were pretty sick, man. It was really, really using, impressive. Yeah. When they start using real fighters, you know, to go up against your main stars, I guess yeah. you know, it's bound to be. I mean, yeah, George Pierre. Mm -hmm. It wasn't fun like Marvel movies usually are. It was more serious, you know? it was. That's what I mean by it was more DC. It was more serious. And I really, really enjoyed that aspect of it, you know? So you should go see it, Josh. <laughs> Yeah, I, well, you know, I have more important things like finding a job. That's <laughs> always spend, high on the level. Can't spend the extra money right now. That's always 
while you're turning in an application at the theater, just sneak into a viewing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kill two birds with one stone, yeah, man. The, be the old man in the club syndrome working with high school kids. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> I wasn't going there. Jesus. <laughs> This is Derek. This is Tony. This is Kevin. And we are Drunk on Comics. And you are listening to an Elegant Weapon podcast, bitches. Shit, yeah. So, this won't be the beginning of the show, so we can go right into it. Okay. But, kids, even though this isn't the very beginning of the show, there's no reason whatsoever for you to not excuse me once again while I flick this scripto. Ooh, no good. That's all I had, man. All I got's the scripto. I don't know where my bics are. Well, I've got like four of them in the box that says, flick my bic right on them. I'm going to ship them up to you. <laughs> Excellent. If you're allowed, I don't, I don't know if you can ship stuff like that anymore. Into the mail anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, children, I used to do this, uh, this, this, this podcast started in my basement on an iPhone. And we hit record on an iPhone and talked. And uh, then we moved up to uh, just kind of the little pencil plug-in mics into my laptop. And if anyone remembers, there was the infamous occasions for many, many, many episodes of this podcast where uh, certain interruptions were made due to loss of battery time on my laptop. And this would occur because the mics we were using... Um, even the the headset ones we eventually got, there was a static humming sound always coming through the computer. You all know what I'm talking about uh, when we had the laptop actually plugged in. So there were many times that we had to like, you know, take breaks and shit to like recharge for a bit. Uh, and it wasn't until that this show was donated its first USB producer mic. It's first real quality podcasting equipment donated in sponsorship to us by the great Nemesis Studios, founder of which being our very, very good friend, Mr. Stan Kanopka. Welcome to the show yet again. Welcome to episode 100, Stan. I am honored to be on episode 100. This is an amazing day. Good job, by the way, making it all the way to 100, and you beat Drunk on Comics, too. I, it was close, eh? <laughs> yeah, it, it was getting there. <laughs> See, those guys are nice and scheduled, uh, you know, uh, as you're you know, supposed to be as a podcast, um, you know, and they make it happen. So weekly you get that fix. I'm uh, way too disorganized to possibly pull that off. <clears throat> so there have been weeks in here and there that, uh, you know, have been skipped due to whatever going on so uh but i did i think i'll have pulled it out because i believe their next step is 99 yes i think so yeah so I th i'll probably beat them by a week <laughs> <laughs> hey a uh, win is still a win yeah take yeah. that derek yeah <laughs> heck yeah but um i have a special announcement to make uh-oh here yeah, we go thanks to the wonderful sponsorship of people like you and uh miss fury conception um, our first official press pass has been granted. 
<laughs> awesome. Where to? We will officially be press at Motor City Comic Con happening <gasps> in Michigan May 16th wow. to the 18th. Blows wow. my mind. Wow. Yeah, isn't Gradually. that exciting? And that's hard to get into. Well, you just got to know the right people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. Good for you. Well, I'm having the honor of also hosting the panel for Drunk on Comics. Mm, and, will uh, you be drunk for said panel? I may be a little glowing. <laughs> <laughs> glowing is fine. Depending on what time of the day the panel is in conjuncture with what time the pubs there open, uh, uh, we'll have to see what happens. <laughs> I would suggest hitting a store on the way after the, you know, boundaries. <laughs> yeah, we'll after, see the what after the border, I would stop and get a 12-er. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it always goes when I'm at the cons, though, is I get there, and I smoke a big fatty on the way to the con, and then I get to the con, and I'm way too stoned to talk to anybody yet. <laughs> so I do my first round, like, reconnaissance, you know, and I kind of get used to the place and who I'm going to talk to and when. And then I kind of, you know, let it fade off a little. And then I may have a chat or two, depending on the size of said gagger. And then what happens is we go for lunch, get a couple pints in us, and that's the point when I usually get back to the convention that I'm like, okay, who are we going to talk to? And that's when the mic starts really flying around the floor, you know what I mean? Yeah, man. <laughs> I hope to get to talk to a couple of people at this one. Uh, Roger Jackson's going to be there. I know you guys had him on the, uh, what was it, uh, POI? I uh, believe it was. I'm not sure. Who's Roger Jackson? Why do I know that? He's name? the voice actor from uh, Scream. Oh, no, that was, uh, well, sort of on POI, yeah, technically, uh, the, the Next Element. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, it was Anthony. Yeah, that was Anthony, Anthony Bachman and Colin Addington. Uh, hosts of the Next Element podcast. What was uh, what con was that? Uh, it was most recent. It was very... the most recent one. I can yeah. check really quick. On it was very it's, recent. Uh... Was it Emerald City? I, I you know what I don't know. No, it was Lexington uh... Con. It was Lexington yep. Con. That's what yes, it, was. it was. Yeah, and he he talked with uh, yeah Roger Jackson and the they got the amazing scream uh, bumper for the show. <laughs> yeah, so, no, yeah. I'm dying to meet him. Yeah, so I can't wait to get him to say some messed up shit. That's so cool to meet these fucking awesome people. Did you hear episode 99 yet? Yes, I have. Uh, wasn't that yes, guy I Roger have. Mitchell? E. Roger Mitchell. What a cool dude, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, super cool guy to talk to, man. Uh, I only expected to talk to him for like two or three minutes because, you know, that's how usually conventions work. But Especially I Especially with the big guys. Yeah, well, I hit him right at the end of the day when things were really fading out. And... Uh, yeah, man, we ended up talking for like 25 minutes, and it was a fucking awesome conversation. So, Yeah, I was actually pretty pleased. I was like, wow, this is a real long conversation with a real star. Yeah, and then you, you get know. The, uh, the people walking by, you know, and then you get to talk to them, and you played that uh, elevator waiting music. That was hilarious. I almost <laughs> pissed my pants. <laughs> I love that thing, the Imperial Yeah, Arch. no, it's awesome. Music. <laughs> I use it every chance I get. I love it. I'll hear something happen in a podcast and be like, oh, sweet, and I know I'm going to put it at that moment. <laughs> but yeah, he was a super cool dude, man, and it was. Uh, I met lots of fun people that day. Uh, and you hear the paparazzi at the end? Yeah, yes, I do. Oh my God, are those guys funny. 
like <laughs> the Del Morgado show. And I you got to tune in, kids, on the internet, realityradio101.com. And uh, check it out. These puppets are hilarity. I want to get them back on the show, but it makes me want to do a video episode. That's awesome. Yeah, video you episode know? would be fun. Well, absolutely, because they were taping there while we were talking, eh? They were doing yeah, like they kept a... asking you to turn around and stuff. <laughs> yeah, they had the trailer, and I couldn't help it. I was so into it, man. I, I, they were like leaning into the mic, and I was talking to. I was totally ignoring them behind the screen, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's funny and the puppets I think, even referenced that one. Yeah, once. I think that's what they were loving most because most people are coming. Like most people are shy at cons; they really are. You know, if you're not mm-hmm. cosplayed out, a lot of people are shy, and you know that's kind of the nature of the beast when you're at a geek centric Comic Con. But you know, here I am, fucking let's go, right? So, yep, we just had a hoot, man. It's great that's old awesome. times. Yeah, totally good times. Let's speak a bit about the upcoming Great Allentown Comic Con then. Excellent. Is this your two or three or what? This is my first. This is your first? No. This is... Oh. Didn't you go last year? Oh, I go every year, but this is my first time exhibiting. Yes, this is your first time exhibiting, yes. But how many years in is the con? I believe this is the third year. Right, okay. I believe. Don't quote me on that. I could be wrong. But yes, the as you said. The first year was a good turnout, but the second year was double the first year. So they're they're looking for uh, probably a bigger venue next go around. Nice. And a uh, you know hopefully I'll get in there as a uh, maybe a little bit of a help uh, organizing it there for them. Dude, it pays so, to get off the ground with these new cons, and especially when you make friends and it's a genuine like birthage. You know the same thing with this GTA Comic Con. Like it was its first year, and uh, he had no idea how much promo I was going to put into this. He didn't even know who I was. And the guy, Steve, awesome dude, friend of uh, Anthony Ruckazers, he's also part of the wrestling world, but he put on the GTA Comic-Con, and I was worried with all my tweeting that I would annoy him with how many times I referenced GTA Comic-Con in my promo tweets. Oh, they love that shit, I put out a lot, and... uh, yeah, man, he retweeted and favorited every damn one. And we're talking like 30 tweets. We're talking like full That's backup. Awesome. So next year I hope to be on ball and maybe we can like – because they were going to try and do panels this year, but they didn't come together. So I'd love to help him out with that maybe. Maybe next year we can actually get a panel or two going on and uh, see what happens, you know? Yeah, that seems like your your milieu, if you don't mind, your uh... – your purpose. You seem to be very good at this organization, the editing, and the, I would just say the overall production of your, just your show is phenomenal. So all the shows well, thanks, that you work man. on are real good. Well, yeah. So I don't see I don't see why you can't get up there and moderate. Um, I think got it the would be fun, man. That's well, I was. This is me making up for ruining my acting career as a child. Right. Like (laughs) when I was a teenager and I went bad and this these things, this art form of podcasting, if you will, is my opportunity to do all the things that I love to do before I partied too hard and messed up a lot of opportunities. And that was filmmaking and that was editing. And I've always loved the editing process. Just love it. It's it's something fulfilling to me. When it's done, I've created something that I'm just really proud of. You know, whether the show's good or not, I've had fun doing it. I've had fun making it. Mm-hmm. You know, so it really fulfills something in me. And you start to put effort in. And it's part of it is it's so easy to do. Like when you're kind of an outgoing guy with a personality like mine, 
podcasting is just like crack because everywhere you ever want to go, you want to hit record and you want to be on, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. So absolutely. No, I know what that feels like. Trust me. I've got mm-hmm. that same personality. I don't, uh, I don't shake very easy and I've, I've always got something to say. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's easier for me. Like I don't even like you were, you were referencing before being uh, shy at the con. Fuck that. That's my element. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no way am I going to be shy there. Oh, there are those people, but most, as oh, I you they're, are, are getting high. involved. <laughs> it end up getting to be exhibitors for whatever reason. Like, I'm not craving the spotlight, but I love these conversations I'm getting to have. I'm mm. loving meeting these incredible people with these incredible stories. I got Last weekend, I got to talk to a dude who got to tell me Will Ferrell stories. What it's yeah, like no, to be in the that. presence of the Will Ferrell. That's mind-numbing to me. That's just, like, wow. And I totally, that was one of those podcast interviews where I forgot I was recording. Like, when I was those talking to that dude, yeah, I, that when I was talking to him, that was I was not consciously realizing that we were podcasting. Like, I kind of was, because, you know, the mic's right there. But that conversation yeah. was the same conversation I would have had had I not been recording it. You know, and that's yeah, the beauty that's awesome. of, yeah, catching those moments. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was some good work. Let that podcast. Well, first of all, I saw it pop up on uh, Twitter. Phoenix and Josh both retweeted it. And I'm like, oh no, did I miss one? What the hell happened? So I quick went on, and it was the special, the special edition. I was like, oh okay, all right, <laughs> I got it. Yeah. So I quick downloaded that bad boy, and I waited a couple days because. I had some backed up Stern shows to listen to, and at work, there's nothing like a five hour radio show to make your day just go completely by. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's so, key. At it's the essential. end of the day, I popped on the weapon with my last hour and 40 <laughs> minutes of work, man, and I was just, I was in hog heaven. It was the best. And I'm you're glad. Doing some real damn good work, man. Real damn good work. Dude, thank you, sir. I'm glad that I was able to uh, lend you a smile or two through that last hour of your week. That's, see, that's awesome. That's great, man. That's part of the reason I do this, you know? Because hearing shit like that is just like wicked. Because I can't tell you how many podcasts I've listened to that saved my day from being the most boring ass shit I ever had to do, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I just took it way off course because I said we were going to talk about the great Allentown comic. Sorry. Where Sorry, exactly little... to the world is great Allentown? Uh, we haven't found it yet, but we're waiting <laughs> on it. Uh, regular Allentown? Uh, now, that's right around the corner from me. It's uh, They're holding an Immersion Square Mall, uh, which is a large venue. There's 88-foot ta- tables. Uh, and this is Pennsylvania, year, yes. Yes, sir. Right yes. now in town, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, it's July twelfth, two thousand or twenty or yeah, two thousand fourteen. Uh, it's a Saturday. It's a one day. Uh, the Mandalorian Mercs are going to be there. Uh, a couple of quite famous cosplayers are going to be there. Uh, I have yet to see any of the B level celebrities that we're used to seeing there, but I have a sinking <laughs> suspicion they're waiting till the last minute. Um, myself, I'm going to be there. Uh, it's my, doing my first <coughs> real deal con, uh, you know, just busting my ass, hopefully having my wife stay inside while I go outside to find solace. Yeah, we'll call it that. <laughs> so and, Tracy, uh, so Tracy is your back, your partner in crime for the show. Oh, uh, absolutely. Corey is trying, or, you know, he's trying his best to get here, but with the new baby and, you know, 
it, it it's it's wrong to bring a baby on an airplane at this age. Oh, I of think. course. Yes. Of so course. Yeah. you know, I'm told I told him not to sweat it, but mm. yeah, if we can swing it, I'm gonna get him get his little rear end up here, and uh, we're gonna get the whole gang going. I really want to have a launch party, you know, launch the website and the the whole the whole shooting match right from the con itself, just as a you know a little extra for anyone who might be there and get involved in that. I'm trying to plan an after party that is turning out to be unbelievably expensive yeah that can be rough man you got to get licenses and permits and fucking... well, i know i know i know people that's the problem i'm still having trouble <laughs> like, I'm dude i'm go. coming next year people. man you're not that far no it's not that bad the problem is i'll tell you the same thing i told Corey. it's cool it's a lot of fun but it's one day yeah so it's effectively Three days with a day and a half of travel. Well, so, GTA Comic Con, the one you just heard, that was one day, and was yeah. a, that was a grand adventure. I, you know, that was a, oh, absolutely. You had yeah. some good names though, too. Uh, they, yeah, yeah, there was some, there was some quality work going on at that con. But who else is at this con? Anybody? You just said no. Be gotta have a name or two you can give us. Um. Well, it's it's not like they're that large right now. Not even uh, people we've heard July. of, but who's going to be there? There's okay. got to be somebody. Okay, no, okay, here we go. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. Oh, Nicole Marie Jean. All right. Uh-oh. Uh, Brian J.L. Glass. That name's is going up. to be there. He's a Harvey Award winning writer. Uh, oh, can't have a can't have a con without the Imperial Klingon forces either. Actually, here's the weird yeah, thing. Apparently, that's another cosplay setup. Not a huge thing. The uh, the Star Trek thing in Canada, like they have their own thing, but as far as Fan Expo or Comic Con and stuff, not a huge like Klingon presence. I'd love to see more Klingons. Uh -huh. I really would. If you're just gonna Google the shit, now, I'm these just guys gonna. Were, I, I, I'm gonna say. <laughs> Have I lost you? Okay, what do we got here? No, all right, I haven't. All right. No, I'm back. Okay, here's the. Roger okay, so Jackson. Roger Jackson. You got me. Yeah. I, is best known for his role as the voice of. Ghostface in the Scream slasher films. Yes. He also is... does the voice of the maniacal monkey genius Mojo, G the rowdy rough boy, and Butch on the Powerpuff Girls. Oh, that's fun. So he's done it. And then we have one of the Rangers, the Power Rangers. She's the Yellow Ranger. Uh, Karen Ashley is her name. Uh, she will be there as well. I don't know if she'll be in costume or not. The last guy was in costume sans helmet, and that was pretty fun. Uh, Brian J.L. Glass, who is a two-time Harvey Award-winning co-creator writer of The Mice Templar, the acclaimed Image Comics series. His Marvel Comics credentials include, thus far, are Valkyrie and Thor the First Thunderer, as well as Asgard for the iPhone, Thor, son of Asgard for the iPhone. Oh, it's a, oh, it's an app. 
and uh, Burger King Kids Club Thor and Special One Shot <laughs> Team the Avengers with the FGNY. I want the Burger King gig, dude, because I want. Ah, oh, no, no. Okay. Oh, there you are. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. All right. It yeah, looks I like heavy. It looks like it's going to be a heavy cot. What is Merchant Square? It's it's like a mall kind of, but it's like a one floor inside flea market with stores instead of stands. I got gotcha. you. So I see what you're saying. They have yeah, memorabilia shops in there. They have a movie store. They have uh, a couple of like specialty stores. A couple of the hippie stores they got going on. Okay. Most importantly, what's going to be on your table? Okay, well, we're still deciding all of that, but for the for the right now, the stuff is definitely going to be there. I'm going to have, uh, until they're gone, I'm going to have free prints of a Pikachu, uh, the, the guys from Adventure. Uh, I'm going to have a Super Mario. Uh, those are all for the kids, and I'm just giving those away to the kids. I'm going to have them all printed out, get real nice glossy colors on them. And this is your stuff? God damn computers. I lost you there for a sec. Where do you want me to start? <laughs> um, is it your work? Some of it is my work, yes. Uh, some of it will hopefully be Corey's work. That okay. if, he, if he can't send it to me, or, or if he can't bring it to me, he's going to send it to me. And I'm going to sell everything you know, for him and just PayPal him the, the money that he earns. Um, Are you going to have but, any kind of ministry promo stuff? Oh, like... Yeah, that's okay. just the freebie stuff. Yeah, we have uh, – in fact, I just got done the picture tonight. I would send it to you, but unfortunately, I'm unable to send it through Google right now, and I don't know why. But uh, I just finished the first page – well, one of the pages that are going to be in the preview book. It's going to be a eight-page book with a cover and four interiors. Uh, haven't decided on the interior cover yet. I have to speak to the people at the printing company to find out if I actually am able to put text on the interior because rather than take away from this amazing cover that Corey is doing, I'd rather not put words on it. I'd rather put the word just like when you were a kid and you open the reader book after the R2-D2 sounds. Yeah. And then on the inside pages, who did it and where it was done and the dates. Crap. And that also gives someone room to, you know, have it signed or whatever they want to do. You know, I don't really know if anybody wants me to sign it. Only people who want me to sign stuff are judges. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I, I avoid that. <laughs> but yeah, I'm also gonna have uh, we're gonna have the promo book. Um, giving those away for free. I'm gonna send to yourself and uh, Mr. Webb and Mr. Hawks a hard paper copy so you can Ooh. at least see what we're talking about. Excellent. Uh, it's just a preview. It's going to be all four characters, the main ones, and it's going to be a couple of pages from the actual book, uh, a two-page spread that is a, a fight between angels in heaven, you know, devil, you know, the Lucifer yeah. on one side, Michael on the other. Yeah. Uh, there's a little twist in it at the at the in the beginning there that'll throw people for a loop, and then of course, you know, as far as Christian history goes, they won. The angels won, and the others were cast out. And these four particular angels chose no sides. Ooh, oh, would, would not join God or to the devil. Ooh. So their punishment is now to walk 
the earth performing God's will. So one one of our characters, his name is Mortem, and he is the first rider. He's the first. Uh, he sat upon a pale horse, or a pale horse, and upon him was death. Right. And this this is death. He is our version of the Grim Reaper. So everywhere he shows up, it's either going to be a hint towards death, or someone's getting killed. Wow, that sounds so fun, dude. What we're going to do is, because I'm big into time travel and I'm big into period work, uh, Corey and I have decided that we're going to go strictly era. So we're, it's not there's not going to be a transition. There's not gonna, It's going to be chapter one. You know, yeah. the gr- girl with the dragon tattoo on her eyelid. Yeah. All right? And chapter two is going to be the same main character, but in a different time period. Right, now, right. Each, of the, each of them represents something different. Balance... Uh, war, death, and I forget what the other one is right now. It's not directly in front of me, unfortunately. But uh, these of these four riders, they're designed for doing one thing: about the apocalypse. Now, whether or not that's going to happen in the book series, which is slated for a total of five issues right now, with uh, issue one or issue two being the basic origins. So it'll be very, very text light, hopefully, and very art driven because the you know the story is simple. There, there was a fight. Angels won. Yeah. Bad guys got bad guys got kicked out. I mean, the first the first book was written for me by the Bible, so I, I didn't really have to work <laughs> yeah. to work, work too hard for that one. Yeah. But the second and third and fourth and fifth books are gonna. Oh, yeah! Come on, come back. I'm here. There you are. It's going to be the story of each individual rider and their role in the end of time. That sounds awesome. So one of one of them is balanced, so one of them doesn't care. So it's just he he or she because he's balanced. He could be a man or a woman. That person would then balance the equation. Gosh. Like if it was leaning too far one way, this particular uh, we call them riders would come in. And in her or his way, manipulate the situation to lead it towards Armageddon. <laughs> so basically, the whole thing is a countdown to, till the end of time. That's excellent. And our, our, our grandiose design is after all five are done and printed, uh, the first one being self-funded. I'm not going to crowdfund uh, issue zero. I'm going to wait to see if there's any traction with issue zero once it's out before I go all out with you know crowdfunding. Because it's People tend to ask for a lot more than they need, or you know, understand have... what they need at least. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. You, know, you gotta you understand what. your audience Episode first. Yeah, come back to us. Had an there had an go. interview. Uh-oh. Had <laughs> who had what? <laughs> okay, um, next element. Yeah, uh, Anthony's podcast. He had uh, episode thirty nine. Was a woman on there talking about kickstarter and to be honest with you i didn't think of anything that she brought up like i was thinking all this shit like oh i'm gonna have t-shirts printed i'll have this done and that done and then she started talking about the shipping (laughs) and having to put things in like chronological money order like what's more important yeah So, so we're making ours more valuable than perhaps a $5 $5 t-shirt that's going to cost me $10 to send. Right. So we're <clears throat> completely 
completely going to fund this first one myself. I'm going to put everything I have into it. And if something comes from it, you know, if I get a little traction, maybe people like it, maybe people want to read more. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a good thing I have those editing skills that uh, we were talking about earlier. Because now yeah, that I'm going to have to clean up all this nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good, though. You sound great on all the podcasts. Thanks, Thank you for your editing because it keeps me from going crazy. <laughs> I try to make it work, man. Sometimes you got to add a little spice on top of that. But, uh, yeah, and it's not a matter of you doing it yourself. It'll be us doing it because, uh, you know, we're going to make this happen. And we're going to make sure the entire world knows about the ministry and Nemesis Studios. And uh, well, thank you, Corey Christian Anderson, and everything that goes along with it. So, uh, direct people, Stan Kanopka, to where they can find all that good stuff. Okay, well, this July will be appearing at the Great Allentown Comic Con, uh, July 12th, actually, at the Merchant Square Mall. Uh, it'll be my first con, so take it easy on me. I may be a little nervous, or I may be a little bit overexcited. You never know. You could get you could get crazy Stan, or you could get calm Stan. But my wife will be there to keep me in check and keep my bank card, of course. Um, I you can check us out on Twitter at Nemesis underscore Studios. Uh, we're constantly changing our web page. Uh, my web address is www.nemesis-studios.com but currently we are under construction and I'm looking to launch that website entirely uh, at the Comic Con on July 12th. I want to maybe do some live recording, some video uh, just to get some content up on the site. Perfect. And uh, after we're all done here with our discussion I have something to ask you in private. And I hope that uh, maybe you can get involved a little bit as well. Oh, you know it. You know we're involved with whatever you need us to be involved in around here, Stan. That's just the way Excellent. way things are. Um, Stan, thank you for all your support and all your friendship for all the time that you've been a part of this podcast family. Uh, you know, not just us, but uh, from me speaking for all the members of the Points of Interest Podcast Network, you are a tireless, endearing soldier for POI and we were always grateful and thank you for you know thankful for that kind of thing so everybody get the shit on to Nemesis Studios and remember this isn't the last time you're ever going to hear Stan because this isn't the end this is only the beginning Stan I love you love you too Jay all right take it easy take it easy Yo, what's up? This is Daniel Logan, the baddest and most darkest bounty hunter on the dark side of the galaxy. You are listening to An Elegant Weapon. Stay tuned because there's more stuff coming in the galaxy. Oh, that's funny. Francis, what was uh, WonderCon like? Wonder, well, WonderCon was um, wonderful. Uh, um, I knew you were going to fucking do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone had to. Uh... The only big like okay, I don't know names of writers or artists or anything like that. So there are probably amazing people there that I didn't know were there. Uh, but unfortunately, the one person I did want to see was never at his booth, which was Lou Ferrigno was there. Oh damn, he gets around. Don't worry, he'll come back. I, I ran yeah. into him at the bar at uh, Lexington. <laughs> he just. He had his own little table and every, you know, and people were waiting for him, but he never showed up. So I don't know what happened with that. But 
Um, probably some of the, you know, I, I, I like going there for the cosplay as well. And whew, there was a Witchblade cosplayer that oh, was. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. Oh, my God. I, uh, well, we were talking about it. Uh, Josh and I were talking about it on back when we were interesting. And Odd. yeah, apparently she would not be allowed uh, in other conventions. And I think she actually made the floor in this one. Oh, yeah. It's her on the floor. She's not wearing much of anything. Oh, it's the one that actually just wears just the witchblade. Right. Yeah, just the, the yeah, the bone. Wow. Whatever. Yeah, it's, up a, it's a cosplay chick. She's known She's because she's done, she has a custom-made suit that's the mm. equivalent of a bikini. Oh, yeah. But it's just pieces of the witchblade. And then she well, has a glove on her hand and then uh, stiletto heels. And probably my favorite thing seeing there, other than her, was the family that was walking by the, the men who were taking a picture of her, and the dad covering the little boy's eyes, and <laughs> the wife, don't look over there. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing was the wife looked at it and just shrugged and like didn't give a, didn't give a shit. She was like, oh, whatever, and moved on, but... That's like that awesome. Was really concerned. It was a lot of fun. I would expect uh, a con in California to be pretty impressive when it came to the cosplay being movie down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everyone has some kind of, I don't know, they have some Hollywood person in their pocket to make some of these costumes. And Yeah, I would yeah, think and so. And it's the right? land of beautiful people, too, so they should fill out the costumes. Don't correctly. remind me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, not even, it's not even L.A. It's Orange County, which has a, it's the beach, it's the wealthy, it's just gorgeous people all over the place. So, yeah, that was probably the worst part was just beautiful people everywhere. And Let's go to thing. California, yay, boys. Yeah, yeah. How is that the worst part? That sounds like a pretty good part. That's it's good always... people watching right there, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But at the same time, it's just like, damn it, can somebody be ugly other than me at this convention? Please? <laughs> oh, man. They're but... there. They're just called stormtroopers. <laughs> right. <laughs> they help. Good old 501. <laughs> a lot of masks. That's true. And the Ghostbusters. Yeah, a lot of the Ghostbusters cosplays like to um, – Ours do really well, too. I, I think it may be a general thing, but the Ghostbusters of Ontario, they, they make some really nice stuff. Sure. So A lot of um, Egon love there. Oh, I'm the... sure, eh? Oh, that's oh, sad. Yeah. That would make sense, especially this year. Yeah. Oh. Um, I have something else for you guys to congratulate me about, though. Oh, okay. Elegant Weapon, mm. an elegant weapon, has been granted its first... It took 100 episodes. First time ever actual official press pass for a comic convention. Congratulations. Nice. Ooh. Very cool, man. Which con? An Elegant Weapon will officially be covering Motor City Comic Con. Oh, wow. And crossing the border? I'm crossing the border. I'm heading south. Arriba, arriba, andale, motherfuckers. I'm heading down to Motor City Comic Con in Michigan. I'm going to meet up with my boys, Drunk on Comics. We're going to podcast. We're going to panel. Uh, I'm getting the honor of hosting their panel. For, they have a uh, panel? Yeah. Well, they've, they're they uh, they're they're in with this pod. Uh, sorry, with this show. They are uh, um, they do a lot of back and forth. They always have. Like every year they do a one big show. is like a big special commercial for the con. And they're all good friends and they're good in the community there and stuff. So, you know, they do their – yeah, they do it a actual – panel and they do a live podcast so 
and they were very very kind enough to ask me if I would host that for them and I was like hex yeah that's awesome yeah so nice. uh, we're cool. really really going to look forward to that that should be really good times and it looks like a good con too it's uh you is know is it actually in Detroit it's not in Detroit it's in uh it's near Grand Rapids I think mm. I can't remember exactly. That's a hell of a commercial I'm doing for these guys, eh? <laughs> so, yeah, but they're, but they're calling it the Motor City Con, and it's not yeah. in Detroit? It's got to be <laughs> It's got to be close, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. Well, Josh, the pressure's on. Now Now time to get points of interest, uh, a seat in the Denver Comic Con, right? I've been trying. No? <laughs> it's... <laughs> not exactly easy it's not easy man like fan expo is they I won't mean, do I'm, it i don't even know if i'm getting press oh really yeah I'm, i haven't heard anything well you know what uh, jay will give you a good word <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'll vouch for you but <laughs> that's hilarious these guys don't know what they've done <laughs> <laughs> They don't know who they're letting across the border. Ha 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 ha. Um, yeah. Don't say that too loud. The NSA's listen. Yeah, <laughs> they probably. Yeah, they probably are, eh? Where the hell is it again? It's in Michigan. It's at the Suburban Collection Showplace. Uh, where that is exactly, I can't. It says it's on Twelve Mile Road. Wherever the heck that is in Michigan. <laughs> yeah. It's it's outside of uh, Detroit. It's got to be right outside of Detroit. It's got to be barely outside. 10 mile, 8 mile, that's like the roads that all the songs are about. So if it's on 12 mile, (laughs) every every block you go It's four miles from Eminem's old house. Holy shit. Cosplay right there. Bret Hart's going to be there. I think every street you go up, you get further away from the city. Yeah. Okay. So it's like upwards blockage. I got you. It's the suburbs. I knew Chris Claremont's going to be there, which is super exciting. And uh, William Shatner, and uh, I'm really excited because now I think I'll get to meet Mr. John Barrowman. Yay. Yay. Shatner left Lexington sad and very early because nobody would go to his line. That doesn't make sense. He was charging 75 bucks for an autograph and no talking. (laughs) No talking. Yeah, like you'd come up to him to get something signed, like he'd sign it and go away. That's, yeah, that's... Yeah, so apparently uh, after that happened about ten times, everybody told everybody else, and his line fucking dispersed. Wow. (laughs) He sat there for a little bit, got up, left, and apparently he was also hopping a flight out that night to another convention. Well, I'm sure that's not going to happen at Motor City Comic Con. We'll we'll see. Depends on what he's charging or if he lowered his prices. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy what uh, some of them have just gotten out of hand these days, you know? It's gotten a... compared to some of the cool people that I've met at cons that, mm-hmm. you know, are totally awesome. And then for one person to be a dick. And, you know, you know maybe he was having a bad day. It happens. Everybody can, yeah. you know, is entitled to a bad He day. is, like, 80 years old. Like, <laughs> think about it. Like, my grandmother's 85, and I can't even imagine her, imagine her stepping foot into a comic convention. <laughs> Never mind walking into one and being, like... The center of attention, (laughs) the one who gets swarmed and swamped and has to sign your name and say hello a hundred thousand times in a day, and you're 80 years old. That's bonkers. It really is. It's kind of bonkers. I'm looking at the Motor City guest list. You do have some badasses going to be there. 
Yeah, it looks good. Dude, eh? yeah, and... Billy Zabka and Martin Cove. I know those names. Why do I know those names? <laughs> that's Johnny that sweeps the leg and his fucking coach. From yeah, Colorado. that's right. <laughs> Karate <laughs> Kid. That's insane. Ralph oh, Macho needs to be there now. Actually, yeah. Jim Duggan. Oh, man. Oh, dude, Kristana Logan's going to be there. Oh. Jill Lauren Adams going to be there. That's yeah, but too. she doesn't look as good anymore as Kristana Logan. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Julie Benz. Yeah. That's exciting. Jesus. You gotta Dude, love the Jeep. Young's gonna be there. What? We have Polly there yelling at people. Um, hey, Terry Kaiser's gonna be there. Do you think, okay, do you think everybody's gonna want him to just play dead on their shoulder if you get, like, a picture? Wait, Terry Kaiser? Weekend at Bernie's, man. Oh, yeah. Bernie. Okay. Like, Definitely. how do you not? Do you think he could just go and fall asleep and people could sit beside him and take pictures and no they'd, they'd pay for it? Fuck off. Lee Majors is there. Fuck off. Wow. That's amazing. Lee Majors. Yeah. That's fucking great. That's the goddamn <laughs> fall guy, man. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Jason Momoa. A little bit of new school Conan for you there. Yes. Oh, Scott Wilson's going to be there. He beats them all. He's dread. See, that's why no one went to WonderCon, because they're all going to this one. I mean, <laughs> apparently. God, they, geez, no, it would be awesome to get Chris Sarandon's autograph. Why? Did no one go to uh, WonderCon? Was it low attendance? Uh, no, everyone was there. There was a ton of people. It was really busy, but I mean, like, none of these names popped up. Oh, I see what you're saying. When I was yeah. going through the WonderCon like, list. You yeah. weren't seeing big names that you were looking for? Well, the biggest names I wanted to see, because they did a panel there with a bunch of other people for the Batman 75, was um, uh, Ralph Garman and Kevin Smith. I heard about that. Yes. D you didn't see it, though? No, the line was ridiculous. I did not make it in. I yeah. was like 300th, you know, waiting. Yeah, I'm line, not surprised. So. That would be a... That'd be a commit your entire day to seeing that kind of fucking panel you'd have to get up early and get in line and have your breakfast bowl of eggs and potatoes and or steel or steel cut or um, <laughs> steel cut oatmeal, oatmeal. Mm. yes <laughs> steel cut ah <laughs> uh, ridiculous so a very happy announcement was made today uh, at least one that makes me happy, and that's all that really matters in the end. Yes. But Scott Zach... Snyder's directing the Justice League movie? Scott Snyder. <laughs> I know, that would make you happy. You saw those tweets? Did you see his tweet today? No, I didn't. Scott Snyder? You didn't? Oh, I thought that's why you made that joke. Scott no, I was just making that joke because I know you fucking love Scott Snyder. <laughs> uh, no, Scott Snyder, yeah, who is the writer of Batman, right? Zack yes. Snyder's directing yeah. Batman. So Scott Snyder today tweeted, uh, hey, everybody, I am not Zack Snyder, although so <laughs> although sometimes when people ask me if I'm related, I tell them I'm his father. Oh, nice. nice. And then he says, uh, please direct your tweets elsewhere. Because <laughs> nice, I guess yeah. people were mistaking him or whatever and sending him tweets after the announcement today. And it was a... Yeah, it was a beautiful tweet. But yeah, my boy Zack Snyder is making Justice League, which uh, he, they're just they're going all in, eh? They're just like, okay, here, Zack, here's the keys to the entire goddamn kingdom. Like, Marvel wasn't even that crazy. This is like, 
Hail Mary. This is you just do it all and make it work, please. Mistake? Well, at this point, we all knew it was coming anyways. I... I don't... Every announcement is another DC character that's going to appear in the <laughs> Superman-Batman right. movie. I mean, at this ma- at this point, it's Superman versus Batman and guests. Like, that's the <laughs> official title of the fucking movie. I like, be like uh, how, seven about, superheroes in it. how about Man of Steel 2, subtitle, Justice League Light. Right. <laughs> Justice League, the prequel. Man of Steel yeah. 2, Electric Boogaloo, now with less collateral damage. <laughs> Man of Steel 2, Super Friends. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there, that's better. Um, I, I kind of see where it's probably going to go. He's going to do the initial trilogy, right? He's going to get it going, bang it off. They're going to go ahead and do Justice League, and then they'll bring in other guys to make the Flash movie and the Green Lantern movie and whatever. But I'm really disappointed that – well, I, I don't know if it's too late for this, but with Arrow doing as well as it has, I see no reason not to to meld the two, especially when it has been – pretty. It's they've had to work at it, but they've gotten to a point where Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is successfully like – really melded into the universe, especially after all the events in Cap 2, right? Right, yeah. Always going about great. Arrow not doing as well? Is, is its rating slipping? No, well, no, I'm saying because it's doing so well, they should, I would love to see Warner Brothers have the balls to let that guy, let Stephen Amell be Oliver Queen in a Justice League movie. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, and that's still the, the whole sticking point is they went forward with The Flash, and they said it was going to be a joint universe, the way S.H.I.E.L.D. and Marvel is, but we haven't seen yet one of those actors show up. I hope they have. Did they say that? Yeah, at one point, there. I don't know if it was like an official announcement or not, but they said that was the idea of Arrow could be like the entry point show the way S.H.I.E.L.D. can be. They can introduce characters on S.H.I.E.L.D. and those characters can show up in the movies. Yeah. And they talked about, you know, Warner Brothers can do that with Arrow and one of the producers or somebody said that that was one of the plans was they could introduce a character on Arrow and they could show up in the films. Yeah. But I, they haven't done it yet, and so it's one of those big questions of when the Flash shows up, is it going to be the kid from Arrow? Yeah. Because mm. if it is and they make it a connected universe, then that's amazing. You already have Green Arrow. You already have Deathlock. You already have you know the Suicide Squad. You have all these characters already set up that can just transfer right over to the films. Yeah. One problem I have with Arrow is Black Canary. I'm not a fan of that portrayal of that character. I think it may be the actress. I don't know, but I don't like it. There's something. She looks too costumey. She's got like the least costume of a costume, yet it looks like the most of a costume to me for some reason. It's the wig. It is the wig, isn't it? The wig just kills it, doesn't it? It's it's way too wiggy. But the the character is all about the wig. Yeah, but the, still, the wig's got to be, it's got to be, you got to be able to do the wig better. Like, come on, you got to get well, a bit. And then again, you know, it might change because that's not, you know, it's not Dinah Lance, who's Laurel in the show. So at some point, you know, that character might switch to the other sister. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 the Laurel has to die. No, that's, yeah, I, she has no, to die. The actress that plays Laurel is far too hot. And I believe her and Stephen Amell just enjoy rubbing up against each other too much, so I don't think she's going anywhere. She doesn't have the power in the show, right? No, she has, like, sonic screamer grenades. Yeah, and that sound like birds. Oh. Tweeting. Which, and, I mean, on the, like, when you talk about how Captain America was, you know, based in reality, like, Arrow, I love, because other than the Mirakuru, which makes you basically, you know, unkillable Superman, 
which only two characters or three characters so far have had, basically there's almost no superpowers shown on that show. They've kept it all grounded in reality. Yeah. Dead shots, all tech. Bronze Tiger's just a badass martial artist. I mean, they've done a really good job of keeping it all like realistic stuff that the actors can actually do without CGI. Yeah, yeah, totally. And uh, you can imagine how real they're going to have to keep Gotham, which is, I'm so excited about Gotham. It's going to be the same idea. That's going to be greatness. And I think I'd love to see that show end with, like, he puts on the suit and the kid... Imagine that. Imagine the show goes 10 years or whatever. You know what I mean? They could go so... They could do so much with Batman going from age 10 to 20. Uh, the Gotham Central. Oh, you could do so much with that story. You well, know dude, I mean? did you listen to... What was it? The Kevin Smith, Paul Dini, um... What they call it? Bloodhaven Prep or whatever? Yeah, it was pretty much... They came up with that idea. Yeah. Two yeah. two full episodes of Batman on Batman of how yeah. they could they basically wrote a bi- a Bible for an entire CW show of Bruce Wayne in prep school. Yeah. Fucking they need to do that shit instead of Gotham. They need to just cancel that Gotham show and go do fucking Bloodhaven prep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like the fact that uh you know, they are having these villains like Cobblepot's gonna be a big part of the show and shit, you know. I think that's fucking cool, man. Yeah, early origins. Mm-hmm. It's got to be good times, so I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> um, do you guys? I gotta mention this for anybody living in the in. Uh... Hey, Francis, you ever been to Ontario, California? On um, yes. Yeah. Yes. That's kind of cool. Is it nice well, there? It's fine. <laughs> I don't know what's <laughs> over in Ontario, but it's a perfectly fine place to be. Uh, it's it's entering into what uh, Californians like to make fun of, which is the the hillbilly part of California, the Inland Empire. So I mean, it's at the cusp, but Ontario, lovely place. Um, not much to it though. Why? What's going on over on Ontario that I don't know about? Uh, Hollywood Babylon sometimes uh, does their show from somewhere there, and it was funny oh, with because the Ontario Improv. Yeah. Yes, at the Ontario Improv, and on the last episode there was. One of the emails or the shout-outs or whatever was somebody from Toronto, Ontario to there, and hence it was Ontario to Ontario. Nice. Was that you, was that someone you know? <laughs> no, it was not. It was, you know, it was just Ontario to Ontario. And in this Ontario, which you need to look out for because if it ever happens in that Ontario, is a band is coming. A band is coming, kids. The band is coming. Oh, the Slackers are doing a mini Ontario tour. They're going to be playing Windsor. They're going to be playing Kitchener. They're going to be playing Hamilton. They're going to be playing Toronto. And they're going to be playing one or two other places all within uh, an hour or two of me. So if I wanted to, I could go see my favorite band in the world who I've seen 22 times and who you hear on this show all the time on little tidbits at the beginning. I play the Slackers all the time. You hear any kind of ska, reggae, Jamaican rock and roll on this show and you guys, you can hear those guys introduce themselves, and those are the Slackers, the most hardworking band in America. And this band is incredible, and they're coming. Yeah, they're going to be playing like five or six shows all within two hours of me. Could you imagine, like, if I just took that time off work and went all like Deadhead, and just like <laughs> followed them around for like six days? <laughs> is it bad when you said mini tour? I was a little disappointed that you didn't say they were playing like Toronto, Ontario, and then Ontario. 
California. Like, I thought that was going to be the mini tour. They were just going to play the two on. <laughs> <laughs> so we do one show here in Toronto. And we do the next show in California. There's Jet nice over there. Nice. And then next week, we're doing Ontario, Japan. Is there an Ontario, Japan? I don't know. There might no. be. Who knows? They're just they're in Japan a lot. I hope there's an Ontario, Japan. That'd be sick. Um, yeah, so I don't know what else much has been going on, but that's been like a hundred episodes of, uh, of shit. Uh, I would like to say that I'm very proud that I defeated, uh, drunk on comics. (laughs) (laughs) They came close. Uh, cause I got lazy for a little while there. Um, and, uh, there was a couple apps that were quite sporadic and, uh, there was a few other podcasts that caught up and actually got to their hundredths before me, even though they started the show after me, which That's right. I think we started our show before you and we just did episode 40. So I'll teach you about sporadic. <laughs> I'll teach you about sporadic. Oh, that's great. You know, yeah, you've done 40 episodes and I've been listening to your show for years. How <laughs> sad so I'm uh, trying to get on a better so schedule, like people, I promise. <laughs> but at least, you know, I got the all things good and nerdy, so that's weekly. Yeah, that for, that's live, so that, that forces you into gear, mm-hmm. you know? So any highlights from the last hundred episodes that you can remember? <clears throat> Anything that really stands out from <laughs> your hundred episodes? <laughs> oh. I, I can't remember what I did yesterday, so I mean, you know. There's, uh... There's there's certain obvious highlights like episode 24 we got to speak with Mr. Michael Zapsick or episode 25 mm-hmm. that, that was, was that was a highlight that was very early on um other than that we did that live we did one live show episode <laughs> <laughs> 50 I can't remember what episode it was <laughs> why do you know is that why you said that no I, I was just guessing you, you are pure <laughs> guessing it was back when but we tried doing that and one of you guys was there josh or anthony, anthony. I, <laughs> it might have i don't remember well we broke sean on it. i'm not sure i think i remember a live episode sean got broken and i was on that yeah and that was live and we had like two laptops set up and the feedback was horrible <laughs> yeah i remember that and uh, it uh, it didn't work out so super great, but uh, it's there and you can watch it. Yeah, because the feedback from the one laptop was like yeah. trying to find the feedback from the other laptop, so it just kept getting worse and worse. That was a fun highlight of the show of how uh, until I discovered how to use a USB mic that was given to us by sponsor Nemesis Studios, that uh, you know I always had to unplug my laptop. Remember. Or else the static would be there. (laughs) Uh, I couldn't even EMI. I couldn't even do that now because my laptop battery lasts like ten minutes. (laughs) Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, like I have to like run around the house, plugging it in, plugging it out wherever I take it. It's been a trusty old laptop though. It's brought me through a hundred episodes of an elegant weapon and various such things. So it's uh, it's she's been good. You know, someday she'll be done and we'll give her a proper burial and such, <laughs> you know, but, uh, 
you know, other than that, it's just been a great ride all along, you know, uh, all the conventions we've done, all the artists we've met, people we've talked to, all the good friends we've met, everybody who's a member of the Points of Interest podcast network, you know, people that were members and such of the Junk Food podcast network, mm-hmm. you know, that was a highlight, the amalgamation of all that going down, you know, that was... Yeah, that was good. It was, you know, exactly what I wanted to do when I started Points of Interest. I think there's a good vibe going now, you know. it's uh, We're all doing our part. We're all doing our coverage, you know. Uh, I've got a good system of uh, where it's really easy for me now. I can literally do in five minutes. I can post, like, five new episodes that come up. Sometimes I'm a little ahead of the curve, but I still am taking a little bit of the defense that even if you share duties with a partner, it's still a little wacky to post your text before your podcast is up. But I do apologize. <laughs> for, That's right, people. Uh, yeah. I do the text side. Colin writes the post. It kinda, so when the post yeah. goes up, doesn't mean the podcast has been cut yet. It did, it did kind of <laughs> kick you in the ass, though, because the next day you were like, ah, oh, fuck, now i got to get it up. Well, and we've had that happen one time before where he put the text up, like, as we were finishing recording. Like, he had too much shit to do. And so, like, as we're talking, he's typing up the text for the episode. And I know I'm not going to get to it until at the earliest the next day. He posts it up, and I come back from work the next day, and we've got an email in the Next Element Pods email thing saying, Hey, I can't find the link to click the button to play the podcast. All I see is the text. It's like, because I haven't fucking edited it yet. It's still sitting in, it's still, you know, giant free. I haven't started editing it yet. I haven't hung up the the Skype yet. (laughs) I'm still on Skype. What do you mean you can't fucking listen to it? We're not done recording. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, sometimes he's a little quick. All the wacky adventures, too, and the getting to know, like, how to use tech and how to learn these programs and dealing and just rolling with you know lost podcasts or messed up episodes that's all the fun stuff yeah that's been uh you know character building in itself <laughs> i was gonna say so a hundred pods in how many have you lost uh, Ooh, good question. uh i would roughly quickly guesstimate off the top of my head five to ten i see i don't think that's wow, too bad that's compared to what i've heard of a lot of people because i know we're lucky like 44 episodes in with our little bonus episodes we've only lost one so far okay so yeah, i count yeah. as extremely lucky yeah i've lost a ton <laughs> yeah oh, you have oh, you've oh. lost a whole bunch <laughs> uh yeah i don't know i've been pretty lucky but i have lost so maybe five to ten episodes uh just the uh, two episodes ago when i or two or three when i had ross may the red or devil dealers on we did a whole bit and it didn't record properly because I had updated my Skype recorder and it was all screwy, the settings. So, but I was like, it was a good talk and <clears throat> I called him right up again and I like, because I didn't think he was doing much that night. So we re recorded it like an hour. We took like an hour or two break and we just the same night banged it off again. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, cool. it was nice to be able to do that. But yeah, it sucks when you lose a good one, you know? Yeah, and a little trivia for you people out there who's curious. Episode number 42 is the live episode of An Elegant Weapon. <laughs> so if anyone wants to check it out, which is an apropos number. I like it. Does it say who was on it? It says, yes, uh, we uh, we had a few echo problems, but Anthony and Josh stopped by to hang out. <laughs> so <laughs> I like having a memory. 
Uh, yeah, we've totally got we've got a record of the ridiculousness. You know. But yeah, I've heard a lot of people talk about that. The best one of the best things about podcasts is that when you know your teenagers, kids or your kids grow up and they want to remind you how stupid they were, they can now go on the internet and find old archives of when your parents used to do podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> this is the stupid shit you used to say, Dad. Yeah. There yes, if your kid knows you're called the Jedi Ross, then maybe you'll find it. But if you're, you know, you can't find it by. Can you find? It? Can we find your podcast with your name? Uh, with the Jedi Ross? Like, no, with just your name, with your actual name. What do you mean? Like using if we if I typed in your name into Google, will I find your podcast? I really don't know because I know you can't find because there's an actor and a producer named Jason Clark. Ooh. There is a Georgetown University official athlete, basketball player named Jason Clark. Yeah, no, yeah, I knew there was a few. There's a race car driver. Yeah, uh, on the front page of Google, you're not you're not seeing our Jason Clark. Oh. And the related searches come up with Jason Clark football, basketball, actor, photography, knives, NBA, hockey, NBA draft. So he's <laughs> not even in the related. <laughs> I'm it guessing only all comes of y'all... up on the side on mine because it's in Google Contacts. I'm guessing all y'all have um, Googled yourselves, so to speak? Yep. Uh, who are yeah. you then? Do you know who, when I first saw I'm my Anthony name... Bachman. No, believe nope. me, do it. Yeah. Yeah, Google Anthony Bachman, I take up the first page. Nice. Basically. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. The first you should see is Anthony Bachman Illustrator at blogspot.com, and then my Facebook page, then my LinkedIn, then my Twitter. So wow. you're a bigger celebrity than all of us, I understand. Okay. Totally, you're the man. <laughs> There's no celebrity about it. I just I beat out and you're put fucking more online content up than the uh, children's book writer in uh, New York or the attorney in Florida. <laughs> wow, those were the you're... two people I was fighting with. <laughs> so yeah, you're the illustrator is the first one. The first pictures of images is you with your mohawk <laughs> and the pens. Wow, that's a yeah. It's, he's got a good Google. All right, time for Josh. Sorry, my man. uh blog spot man if you put up a lot of blog posts that's under a blog that has your name in it it helps a lot when you're trying yeah. to get google results yeah totally well, does there you go he's num- you're number one josh congratulations really yeah he's his he's facebook number one is the first two. god damn yeah. the first place i ever saw the name jason clark in any place of significance was as executive producer on spaced invaders nice <laughs> Yeah. Hey, that's something worth noting. Sure. I remember watching Space Invaders, and then at the end it scrolled up and said executive producer Jason Clark. And I was like, oh my god! And then I realized several years later how ridiculously common my name really actually was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. How, how common is the name Francis Fernandez? Oh, I am a Spanish Roman Catholic priest. Thank you. Ooh. <laughs> Francesca Sisco. I, well, I don't go by, I mean, I go usually by the other guy, I guess. Maybe that's why it's not showing up, but. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, if your online personality isn't your real name, it makes yeah. it harder for people to find you. That's but fine. Again, I'm totally okay with that. You, so, yeah. There, there's an upside and a downside to it. If somebody comes looking for Anthony Bachman, they're not going to have any fucking trouble finding me. That's a problem sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there. <laughs> Uh, Man, I don't want 
kids showing up in like 14 more years asking for back child support. I can't believe that episode 100 is ending with us Googling ourselves here. (laughs) This is what it's come to, kids. Somehow we got 100 episodes to get to the point where we Googled ourselves. I will end on a high Everybody seems to matter but me. (laughs) I was going to (laughs) ask. Any advice for those people out there? Who are podcasting? Who haven't made episode number one hundred? Anything you learned while you're podcasting up to then? Anything you? Any um, wisdom you want to impart onto other podcasters who are kind of doing the thing here? Never feel forced. Never feel like you have to, uh, and that applies to every aspect of it. Never feel like you have to record it. Never feel like. You have to get it done or you have to edit it or you have to make it this way or you have to whatever. Don't ever have to anything when it comes to podcasting. And if you just do it for the love of the pod, as cheese as that may sound, the pod will be excellent. And you can choose from the beginning your style or your method or your technique or your framework or however you want to do it. But if that's just as long as that's true to you and how you want to, you know, do it your way, then fucking cheers to you that's all i'd say because sometimes you can get lost you know and you start doing it for it starts to feel like a job in a way and it can get a little stressful if you let it and you just got to remember you're doing it for the conversation you know you do you're doing it for the good time so that's that's the advice that i would impart if i could and and also my number two piece of advice would be if you can't get the fucking press pass kids gorilla pod that shit no, you know, <laughs> there's too many fucking conventions out there that won't grant pes- press passes to podcasts because celebrities won't talk to people on our level, as they call it. So, you know, fuck that shit. Get out there and make pot. That's what it comes down to. Uh, I'm, I got to think of some other people. I can't. Uh, Sparkle Girl Jen uh, has been with us since like the goddamn beginning and she's a homegrown sweetheart she's part of the fam that she's a uh, ontario and everything too so uh up there in sudbury where i think the snow's finally melting sparkle girl jen go to etsy and look up sparkle girl look at her shit she has been a longtime friend and supporter of an elegant weapon and uh she makes great geek gear she definitely yeah. does. She's got some new prints actually. She scored that are excellent. They're like uh, they're a little more mature, and uh, they're really really nice. So uh, go there and check that stuff out. Um, I could thank this next person in several manners through several monikers. I'm gonna pick the original because I don't know where it stands these days because it kind of floats around and it's kind of a chameleon within itself cocooning itself and then butterflying and yet to cocoon again so i'm gonna go ahead and thank star wars christy because that's the person i knew who was right from the beginning listened to episode one of this show it's not even available online anymore (laughs) when you when you go to podbean or itunes or wherever this show unfortunately starts at episode four it might be 4.5 but i think it's four and uh, just due to old Podbean crossover accounts, I can't remember what happened when we didn't know what we were doing. That happened. And uh, I think they exist on a certain hard drive somewhere in the world. But uh, they're not available to me or you. So 
Yeah. So you, just me and Christy are the only ones that have heard the entire library. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, yeah. So thank she you to Christy, whatever you're up to these days. I believe uh, she's got a homemaker blog going or something now. Yes, yes, she does. Isn't it little sis, sassy sissy homemaker? What is it called? Sassy, si- I don't know about sissy. Yeah, but... <laughs> 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 but yeah, she has her own uh, to make your house a home. Uh, that's her. That's her uh, new blog where she talks about yes, just kind of the homemaking stuff. The sassy homemaker article. Uh, you can find that out there. Hey, it's not Star Wars. Yeah, it's not it's not Star Wars, but I'm sure it's interesting to some folks. So go sure. check that kind of thing out there, right? Uh, who else can I thank? I can thank my boys uh, from Floor Twenty Incorporated. Uh, if you've ever heard, we've done special episodes from Floor Twenty, uh, which is the Floor Twenty, and uh, those were always really, really, really fun episodes to do. I believe Josh, you were on at least one of those. Yeah, it was and, first, I think it was the first time I'd ever heard of a one-foot-long uh, rolling paper. Yeah, <laughs> that was big. There's uh, evidence somewhere online. Oh, there was on my old blog. I should put that shit up on something else again. But yeah, these one-foot raw papers that my buddy got, just phenomenal. And we uh, we and that was a pod bomb, in fact. I believe so. Yeah. That was uh, that was a pod bomb. You were not expecting to be podcasting. <laughs> We lit a foot-long joint and pod-bombed you, and all of a sudden you were on air, and that was good times. Uh, thanks to those guys. Uh, you know, uh, all of you people, you know who you are. You've been listening to us, if you have, forever. Somehow we've skimped along with enough listeners that uh, we got to 100. You know what I mean? So uh, at this point in the show... I'm always far too baked to remember specifics. <laughs> so I'm not going to run a big laundry list. But seriously, all the people who have been out there supporting us for 100 episodes, this is not the end. This is just the beginning. Again, very soon, I'll be coming to you from Motor City Comic Con. One last thank you just for his input on what was 70-something episodes for fuck's sakes, of an elegant weapon. Thanks to Sean for putting that input in, because that was a hell of a lot of episodes. But uh, other than that, guys, thank you for joining me this week. Thank you for joining me for my centennial party. You're welcome. And, and you know, if you Google Jedi Ross, they're all you. Fuck uh-huh. yeah, that's right. <laughs> so nobody, nobody's trying to take that. <laughs> Ooh, uh, you get the pod bean, you get the of interest you get the itunes you get the twitter yeah. it's, it's all you that's my real name anyways <laughs> <laughs> that kids is all we have time for this week on an elegant weapon take it easy Why don't you go back to your home on Whore Island? <laughs>